Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBrew podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Head of Market Strategy here at eBrew, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Senior Market Analyst Roman Zuruk. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of FX Talk. Uh, and what an eventful period it's been in financial markets in the past week or so. We've seen some pretty wild and aggressive swings uh, in the foreign exchange markets, um, not just among emerging market currencies, but also among the major currencies as well. Undoubtedly, the most noteworthy move uh, has been the sharp move lower in the US dollar. The US dollar index posted one of its largest weekly sell offs since the global financial crisis last week as investors reacted to a soft set of US inflation figures. Both the headline and core rates of US inflation fell below economists' expectations. The former fell to just 3%, which was its lowest level since March 2021, while the latter fell below 5%, and it's the first time it has done that since November 2021. Why does the US dollar sell off? Well, this inflation data has raised expectations that the Fed could be done hiking rates in the summer, Markets continue to expect another 25 basis point hike from the FOMC at its July meeting, which will take place uh, in in a week's time at the time of this recording on the the 26th of July. Uh, But it looks likely that this could be the last in the current cycle, with futures now signing a little more than around a one in four chance of another 25 basis point hike by November. As mentioned, the US dollar fell sharply last week, uh, down around about 3% against its major peers. Uh, at one stage, uh, sterling rallied above the 131 level, albeit it has since given back some of these gains, while euro dollar smashed through the, the 112 level. Uh, the higher risk major currencies performed even better, notably the likes of the Norwegian and Swedish kroners, which are now up more than 5% in the past one month alone. Away from the US, uh, the latest UK inflation data was also released on Wednesday morning. Mercifully, both the headline and core rates fell more than expected, suggesting the Bank of England may now revert back to a 25 basis point rate hike at its August meeting. Meanwhile, ECB member Klaas Knott drew doubt over additional interest rate increases in the euro area beyond the bank's July meeting. Uh, But we'll get to both of those topics shortly. First of all, I wanted to talk about the main news story in the foreign exchange market at the moment, and that is the sharp sell-off in the US dollar. Uh, As mentioned, markets now see a good chance that the Fed ends its hiking cycle following its meeting next week, as US inflation continues uh, on its downward trend. Uh, No Enrique on the podcast today, but but Roman has joined me. Uh, um, Roman, what are your thoughts on last week's US inflation data, uh, and how do you expect it to impact the Federal Reserve's announcement next week? It was very it was very good to see that the inflation in the US uh, is falling as sharply as it is. Uh, in fact, if we are looking at the headline number, uh, we are, uh, to be technical, uh, just below the 3% level, uh, which is uh, something that uh, is a big achievement uh, in the context of things. And we are clearly seeing uh, this inflation not only in the headline number, not only uh, because of the base effect, uh, but also if we look at the inflation momentum, if we look at the current inflation, uh, this has uh, eased uh, quite a bit. So we are definitely 
encouraged by this number uh, as the market has been. And uh, we can, I think, quite definitely say that the uh, disinflation in the US is uh, gaining traction and that uh, we, we are in a relatively good place. Uh, and, uh, and this is certainly uh, a positive news, not only in the US, but also an argument that globally disinflation uh, is uh, taking place and that uh, the um, the efforts that the global decision makers have made uh, are uh, bearing fruit. But uh, also uh, in the context of the US disinflation and the global disinflation, important thing to note is that uh, in large part it has been uh, due to a, a fizzling out of the previous shocks that we have witnessed. Uh, so uh, probably we'll have to wait uh, still a little bit for the US economy to uh, experience the full force of the uh, monetary policy tightening. And looking at the Fed, I think that they will definitely be encouraged by the inflation number. I think that the, um, they effectively pre-committed to the rate increase uh, next month, uh, or at least uh, one could infer uh, so based on the their communication and also the dot plot, which was quite aggressive and, and surprising, effectively pencing in two uh, interest rate hikes before the end of the year. And I think that July hike uh, will take place, uh, and I'm quite sure of that there will be no no reason not to do it uh, right now but uh, markets are more interested in what's coming next uh, and they will view the fed meeting in the context of that uh, and i think that what's coming next is uh, the end of the uh, tightening cycle in the us and the attention should turn towards uh, cutting rates uh, i think it's still uh, way too early to, for the Federal Reserve to make a, a turn towards cuts, uh, particularly considering the broader economic environment and the relatively strong economic data that we have received, uh, particularly talking about the labor market, which is holding up quite well. Uh, but nonetheless, I think that uh, a lot has, has been done uh, with regards to inflation fight. And I believe that the July hike uh, will be, uh, I'm quite convinced of that, will be the last. Well, yes, I mean, as you quite rightly said, Roman, I mean, the Fed did effectively pre-commit to, to at least one more hike um, until I think it backed itself into a little bit of a corner, really, um, in the June meeting, um, particularly in its dot plot, indicating that two more hikes could be on the, the way this year. And this was reiterated um, by Chair Powell. Um, I thought at the time that was a, a bit of a surprise, a bit of a hawkish surprise. Um, uh, indeed, I think it may have been a little bit of a mistake. Um, they may have been better taking a meeting-by-meeting meeting approach and, and waiting for upcoming data. Um, I think the, the, the move lower that we've seen in the, in the call rate of US inflation in particular uh, is very significant, just 4.8% in June, which is a full half a percentage point lower uh, than in May. And if we look at the, the, the three-month annualised call rate of inflation, core inflation, which is one of our, our favourite metrics, um, that's only been lower once uh, in the current inflationary episode, and that was in September 2021. Um, all the while, I mean, the labour market continues to perform relatively well, but we are seeing modest signs of cooling there as well. Um, the latest uh, non-farm payrolls report um, came in below expectations for the first time in, in over a year. Um, so, I mean, I agree with you. I think that's enough ammunition to justify the end of hikes. Um, clearly, as I said, the, the Fed has backed itself into a corner a little bit and and we will get another rate hike in July. I'm, I'm certain of that. I'd be very shocked if we didn't. 
Um, but, but as mentioned, um, even before the latest inflation numbers, I, I do think this will be the last. Um, I agree with you on that. I, whether or not the, the Federal Reserve indicates as much next week, um, I'm not too sure. Uh, probably not. Um, they may hint um, that the, the end of the hiking cycle could be on the way so long as um, we continue to see a downtrend in US inflation, particularly the core index. Um, but that's certainly not a guarantee. Uh, but at any rate, I, I think I'm agree with you. One more hike with cuts to potentially commence first half of 2024, potentially even the first quarter, should the US economy slow more than expected in the second half of this year, um, which I think, as we've been saying for a while, does open up some some more downside um, in the dollar, I think, at least in the, the slightly longer term. I wanted to move on now and, and talk about the, the recent performance uh, of sterling, um, as we've had a fair bit of major economic news out of the UK since our last update. Uh, data out last week was largely encouraging. The latest Labour report was a little bit mixed. The unemployment rate uh, in the UK ticked up um, in May, although wage growth did soar to fresh record highs, at least excluding bonuses, rising to 7.3%. While this should allay the squeeze on on real incomes, it it also uh, has raised or heightened concerns over a possible wage price spiral, whereby higher earnings growth feed its way through to higher disposable incomes, which keeps prices elevated for longer. Uh, Meanwhile, last week's GDP data also beat expectations. The UK economy contracted by 0.1% in May, although this was a smaller downturn than a 0.3% contraction was expected. Uh, And encouragingly, worker strikes uh, are becoming less burdensome, with a day's loss due to industrial action falling to its lowest level since July 2022 uh, in May. Uh, while this data was bullish for sterling, the pound has given back some of its recent gains this morning after UK inflation fell more than expected. The headline uh, inflation measure fell to 7.9% in June, which was the lowest level since March 2022, while the core rate also retreated from three-decade highs to 6.9%. Uh, this has put additional Bank of England rate hikes in a little bit of doubt. Markets continue to, to expect another uh, rate hike in August of at least 25 basis points, though a 50 basis point hike is now only 40% priced in by markets. Uh, and expectations for a peak or a terminal Bank of England rate have also dropped rather sharply. Uh, and, and the market now exceeds uh, a terminal rate of less than 6%. Um, in early 2024, having at one stage last week seen a peak of more than 6.5%. But uh, where can we expect UK rates to peak? Uh, what are your thoughts on this topic, Roman? This definitely has been a roller coaster with the UK uh, in recent weeks, because we have seen, uh, as you said, uh, strong uh, numbers coming from the labour market, uh, strong numbers uh, on economic activity. Uh, but at the same time, uh, right now we have seen a decline in uh, inflation uh, that has been uh, sharper than what the market have uh, expected. Mm, so this is quite an interesting environment and an interesting turn in inflation because, uh, as I remember uh, previously, the inflation in the UK uh, has been surprising. 
rising uh, massively really uh, to the upside. So uh, this definitely provides some room for uh, comfort uh, for the Bank of England. Uh, but uh, it doesn't mean that the Bank of England can uh, stop uh, raising interest rates, uh, especially considering that the labor market is uh, very strong and the entire economic environment uh, has been uh, much stronger than, than expected. So I would expect them to continue tightening policy in the coming months, uh, definitely uh, in August. August will be especially an interesting meeting, uh, particularly considering the recent upward surprise uh, in uh, rate hikes because they, they raised rates by 50 basis points. Uh, and uh, market participants thought that they might do the same uh, in August. But right now, those uh, chances have diminished uh, quite significantly after the, the inflation print. Uh, so it's definitely uh, interesting to see whether they think that there is a need to repeat the move or or not. Mm, but regardless, I think that uh, they still have uh, more room to uh, tighten monetary policy and the need is uh, much more pressing than uh, in the US and, and in the Eurozone also. Uh, so I think that we will be looking at rates um, probably in the vicinity of uh, 6%. Uh, when it comes to the terminal rate uh, from the Bank of England, um, but the uh, the bank should remain data dependent. I don't think that they will be particularly um, signaling particularly uh, what steps they are going to take exactly. And also in the past, uh, when they try to signal, uh, they often backtracked uh, on, on their uh, signals later. So uh, I wouldn't uh, really put too much attention on what they uh, communicate. But uh, definitely, I think the Bank of England still has uh, at least a, a few hikes uh, to uh, to do in the coming months. Yes, I mean, I agree with you. And I, undoubtedly, this morning's data is, is encouraging news, step in the right direction. I think particularly given that the expectations that price pressures should continue to abate in the second half of this year, um, notably after the, the government's uh, energy price cap was lowered um, on the 1st of July. Um, and actually, I think additional uh, cuts to the energy cap could be on the way in the coming months, particularly if we look at, say, natural gas prices, which in the UK have dropped um, by almost 90% um, since the peak in August last year. Um, so I would continue to expect a, a downtrend in at least the headline rate of inflation, which could fall um, below 7% quite, quite easily um, in July. Um, the downtrend in core inflation, perhaps not likely to be as evident for a little while, I, I would suspect, um, particularly with, with wages rising at the current pace. Um, and, and the risk of a, of a wage price spiral certainly remains. Um, I, I do think that the Bank of England will probably like to see um, not just an easing in core inflation, but a, a downtrend in wages as well before it delivers a, a dovish pivot. Um, so, uh, as you said, Roman, I mean, for now, I, I think that a, I mean, clearly a hike in another hike in August it is guaranteed. The debate very much will be between either a 25 basis point hike or a 50 basis point one. Um, on balance, I think following today's data, I think the majority may well side with a 25 basis point hike, though this is clearly very unlikely to be unanimous and, and we'll probably will see a, another uh, three-way split uh, in the vote among MPC members. Um, as for the terminal rate, um, I, I still think we're looking at a 6% uh, in the peak, um, potentially early next year. I think that seems reasonable to me. 
um, particularly as uh, we remain a long way off the 2% target in core inflation, which is still only just shy of, of three-decade highs. Um, so so 6% potentially early next year, I think, um, with, with rate cuts maybe to follow in the second half of 2024, although, um, as you mentioned, Roman, very much dependent on data. Um, I think attention will shift to um, to, 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 to growth and to how the UK economy is performing, particularly that now that sky-high mortgage rates um, are likely, I think, to feed its way through into to weaker activity, certainly in the first half um, of next year. Brilliant. We're going to move on now and, and finish off um, with developments in the euro area. Uh, and as I said, the euro has rallied rather sharply against the US dollar in the past week or so, rising above uh, the 112 level. Uh, though actually it's, it's slightly underperformed most of its major peers in that time. Why is that? Well, macroeconomic data out of the eurozone continues to largely fall short of expectations, um, including the latest economic sentiment and industrial production data. While senior ECB member Klaas Knott also struck a dovish tone this week, uh, he effectively confirmed that a July hike was on the way, but he said that additional hikes beyond then were not a certainty, but only a possibility. Uh, markets uh, continue to fully price in a 25 basis point hike from the ECB in July. Um, the, the next ECB meeting will take place the day after the Fed on the 27th of July. Um, but more hikes beyond then are now in a little bit of doubt, with a second uh, in September, now only around a 50-50 shot, according to markets. Uh, now, clearly, this could present somewhat of a downside risk to the euro, um, would you agree with that, Roman? And how about you pre- present to me, say, a couple of arguments in favour uh, of a continuation in the euro dollar rally, and maybe a couple that perhaps favour a move lower? What not said was was really important, uh, and it had a quite a strong effect on the market pricing. Uh, the hawks have been pushing for uh, rate increases in the past, and if we see a change in the communication from one of the representatives of the hawk, then it really is a big deal. Mm, so I think that the ECB it it only confirms that uh, yes July is is practically uh, certain uh, as in the case of the Fed the ECB uh, was even more clear in pre-committing to the July hike than the Federal Reserve mm, and uh, when it comes to what comes uh, beyond July uh, it, it certainly right now is. Uh, much more difficult to call uh, than it was previously. I would think that uh, much more difficult because on the one hand, we see the communication from the Hawks have shifted a little bit considering what not said, but also the economic data from the Eurozone uh, has not been super robust, particularly looking at the recent PMI numbers. Uh, They have been quite uh, disappointing and in line with uh, really a, a stagnating economy. So uh, this can uh, lead to a uh, shift in approach from the European Central Bank, uh, I think. Uh, And uh, beyond July, I still think that we are likely to see uh, interest rate increase, but I'm not so certain that we are going to see multiple of those. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, right now I would probably think that uh, we are going to see just uh, two interest rate hikes uh, instead of two. three, uh, which I thought were a a real possibility earlier. Uh, But if we were to see uh, some uh, even more disappointing economic data, 
then it could put in jeopardy the uh, another interest rate hike beyond July. Uh, and that, I think, could pressure the euro. Uh, so that would be one uh, of the arguments in favor of uh, the euro uh, decline if we were to see a, uh, further uh, disappointments uh, in economic data. And uh, in, in the next couple of days, I think we'll, we'd be looking at the new uh, PMI numbers. Uh, so they would be one of the uh, most important economic numbers that I'd watch uh, with regards to uh, to euro. Um, also, uh, when it comes to uh, Eurozone, the inflation number is certainly important. If we were to see sharp drops there, then the Euro would uh, naturally probably uh, also uh, decline. Uh, on the other hand, uh, the uh, sell-off in the US dollar that we have witnessed recently have been quite massive. Uh, and I think that uh, it would be possible for the euro dollar to uh, drop on the basis of that the extent of the recent move uh, has been uh, very significant. And in fact, uh, this would be probably my bet that in the near term, there is more downside risk uh, to the euro um, than the upside potential for the currency uh, to break even higher uh, than it is right now. Uh, when it comes to things that could be positive for the currency, if we were to see strong economic data, uh, higher or, or more uh, mm, more embedded inflation, uh, then this could uh, lead to a upward repricing of rate expectations and support the common currency. Also, if we were to see uh, a shift in uh, sentiment with regards to China, for instance, this could also help the common currency uh, because the string of news that we have uh, seen from recent months have been uh, really negative from China. And I think investors are as negative as can be. And, but if we were to see uh, real changes there, uh, then this could help to improve market risk sentiment and uh, China is an important uh, trading partner uh, for the Eurozone. So I think that in this context, uh, the Euro might also uh, benefit uh, a bit more. So uh, those would be my arguments uh, in favor and against of the Euro. But I think that in the near term, there is more potential for the Euro dollar to uh, reverse uh, recent gains uh, and give away some of some of those gains. In the medium and longer term, I think the uh, the pair has uh, still room to appreciate. Interesting, yeah. I mean, look uh, from from my point of view, I and mean, I think this uh, this recent repricing in in, in rate expectations that we have seen in the eurozone, I actually think is a little bit of a slight overreaction. Um, we look at core inflation still running very hot. Let's not forget that the last core inflation print actually exceeded expectations uh, and rose uh, up to five point five percent. Um, yes, economic data has been soft, but, but I still think um, a couple more hikes um, uh, at least are on the way. Um, and this is now not fully priced in. So that does, I think, present some upside, uh, potential upside risk to the euro. On the flip side, though, uh, as you mentioned, Roman, I mean, activity data has been has been quite poor and quite disappointing. The eurozone economy is currently in a technical recession. I would not be surprised if the Q3 data uh, shows uh, contraction again, or the Q2 data, um, and that is a, a, a big risk. Um, and I think an extension of this technical recession could present some downside um, to euro dollar. And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreed's website or follow us on social media. 
And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favourite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening.